and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. You know, the more I study the Bible, the more I realize that every single book from Genesis to Revelation all point to Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jesus is predicted. In the New Testament, he is revealed, preached, explained, and expected. You find him everywhere because Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible. I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies on my blog. This next series is a hunt for Jesus in the Old Testament. It's how God's story becomes our story when we invite him into our lives. It will help us get to know God better, more intimately. And that's what he wants. He wants a relationship with us. Yes, you and me. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to study what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Genesis 15, Abram learns to have patience and trust the promise of God. Abram so far obeyed God by leaving his ancestral home in Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of the Canaanites. Then God tells him, actually makes a covenant a deal, a contract, a promise to Abraham that he will have many descendants. However, Abram, st Abram starts getting a tad impatient and a bit doubtful. <laughs> that happens to all of us. But God affirms his promise in a way that Abram understands. Or does he? Let's dig in. We're in Genesis 15, the Lord's covenant promise to Abram. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, Oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Righteousness. The word righteous and the words righteous and righteousness get thrown around a lot in religion. But what exactly does it mean? The Hebrew word for righteousness literally translates to rightly robed, which means dressed appropriately to stand before God. Faith is the garment we wear to stand before God unashamed. Because of our repentance and his gracious forgiveness, we belong there with him. When we repent and turn away from our sinful lives and surrender our lives to Jesus, we become righteous by faith and by his grace and his salvation. Let's go on. We're in verse 7. Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. But Abraham replied, Oh, sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? Doubt. 
the Lord told him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So Abram presented all of these to him and killed them. Then he cut each animal down the middle and laid the halves side by side. He, um, he did not, however, cut the birds in half. Some vultures swooped down to eat the carcasses, but Abram chased them away. As the sun was going down, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a terrifying darkness came down over him. Then the Lord said to Abram, you can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, and in the end, they will come away with great wealth. As for you, you will die in peace and be buried at a ripe old age. After four generations, your descendants will return here to this land, for the sins of the Amorites do not yet warrant their destruction. After the sun went down and darkness fell, Abram saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the halves of the carcasses. So the Lord made a covenant with Abram that day. I have given this land to your descendants all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River, the land now occupied by the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Rephites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, uh, and the Jebusites. Throw in a few termites in there too, why not? Well, you got to click out over to my blog and take a look at this map that I found of the promised land. And it has where each of these people groups lived. <clears throat> and it's very interesting. And you'll notice that this is the promised land. It's not just Israel, but parts of what today are Jordan, Syria, Iraq, Lebanon, and Saudi Arabia. We'll leave that there. Um <clears throat> prophecies and promises. Now, Abram still doubted, yet God assures him with the traditional ceremony of the times. What God is doing is vowing that what he is promising Abram will happen. God wants to assure Abram so he will no longer doubt. And God tells Abram that his descendants will be slaves in a, in a foreign land. And this happens not once in Egypt, but twice. Oh, second time is in Babylon. In verse four, God tells him that he'll have as many descendants as there are stars. Now, I can understand how Abram can be doubtful. He's old, his wife is old and barren, yet God assures him that he will have a blood heir. Now, where is Jesus in this story? Borrowing again from the Bible, the Bible study, Jesus in all of Genesis by Spoken Gospel, um, which is in the free version Bible app, okay, we find that what happened in the Old Testament is a foreshadowing of Jesus's covenant with us. So I quote, just as God promised to uphold the covenant alone by passing through the animals by himself, Jesus keeps his own promise for us, despite all our faults and sin. Jesus has, Jesus has done and will do everything to save us from what we deserve and brings us to himself. And that's found in 2 Corinthians 1.20, and we'll read that in a minute. All we are called to do is what Abram did, receive the promises of God with faith. 
Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is an intensified version of what Abram experienced in this cultural ritual. The cross communicates that even though we broke the covenant, God has been torn apart for us. First Peter 2.24, and I'll read you that in a minute. Therefore, no punishment remains for those who believe in Jesus. Instead, all that remains is the promise. Again, that's from Spoken Gospel, and there's a link to them uh, in my blog. Out of slavery. If you are not living a new life in Christ, you're either living as a slave to sin or a slave to religion. Just as God delivered the Jews out of slavery, not once but twice, he and only he can deliver us from our sin. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20 to 22, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Amen. And it is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. And then Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2, uh, verses 24 to 25, he's actually quoting the prophet Isaiah here. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your soul, of your souls. Now it's time for you to turn back to God. Jesus didn't suffer torture on the cross so that we could have religion. No, he carried our sins away forever. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to save you from eternity in hell. He wants to give you eternal life. It's your choice. If you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven and that you won't be left behind at the rapture, what you have to do is believe, repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. Believe, have faith that Jesus is the Christ and he died taking your sins away forever. Repent of your sins. Stop sinning. Do a complete 180-degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. And receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. And all you have to do is invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes. Or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And in the bottom of, of today's blog, I have a beautiful worship song. And it's all about God's promises. Yes and amen. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. 
but know that things aren't falling apart. They are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20 to 22, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24:14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.